This is Reclaiming Yourself, brought to you with PhytologyHub.com. How we overcome fears, find our inner strength, and trust ourselves. Now here's your host, Suzanne Keatley. Melanie Hick. Hi, yes, I'm Melanie Hick. Thank you for coming to have Thank a chat. Thank you very with much, me. Suzanne. We've just looked up your, your start date and we said your initial consultation was the 6th of January 2021 and then we went into lockdown. Two years it now. Because 21 into 22 I mean, and it we're feels nearly into like 23. I've yeah. always been it's at crazy. So Yeah, oh, that's nice. Yes. So I first met you. Yep. We had a consultation. Very much planning Chat. to come into the hub, lift heavy weights. Suddenly we went into a lockdown yeah. and it was me taking weights away. Yeah. <laughs> I'd only just met you. <laughs> and then training at home on Zoom with Anula, which yes. was amazing because I got to know Anula over Zoom and a bunch of the girls that I am still training with today in the just hub. Just now. Just, just been now. in training. Yeah just walked out so catching you at a good time and all the happy hormones are floating around your body after what happens when you leave a workout at the club you train yeah yeah so then so we went into lockdown and then there was a bit of training at home on zoom and then we had to train outside the hub for a bit do you remember doing that yes it was pretty cool but it was a real joy to be back out of the house yeah so that was a pleasure to be actually getting out and into another space let's go back because we'll come back to the hub stuff and we'll talk about all the kind of the training and the the feel good you ended up as a journalist which was your career that you really wanted to go into that was the ambition so I grew up in Australia I'm Australian and British and I grew up on properties with big gardens and I was told at school I could be a couple of things a lawyer or a journalist in the 90s, these are your options. So I pursued journalism and I had that career for 20 years and it led me to London where I worked as an editor and an editor-in-chief and I had big teams and international teams. Very fulfilling, very interesting work and I have great friends from that time. And then I had children and it really led me back to very much the beginning of my life in those gardens. Ah. And I retrained. But what age do you have children? Tell me. That is a very good question. <laughs> and I should memorise the answer. Roughly, roughly. <laughs> I think I, I had completed having children by 38. How many children have you I've got? I've got two. What age are they now? They are nearly nine and nearly six. Around the 30s age. Yeah, the the mid to late 30s, I had two children. You had, what, a good 10 years in journalism? Uh, yeah, easily, that? easily. So I made lots of editor positions and then an editor-in-chief and head of this. and. So that was very much your identity. And were you going, in your mind, were you going back into that? That's a very good point that you make. It was very much my identity. And in the first maternity leave, I struggled with it no longer being the identity. I had some difficult times with discrimination and redundancies during maternity leave, trying to re-enter the workforce. Those factors, my identity being altered and realigned and the challenges I faced from people led me to really thinking retraining was And working for myself was my future. In real terms, did that mean that when you were working full time before children, you were available around the clock, you worked your ass off, 
you prioritise work, you were in the city, so they had you. Like, you were in that. You were all in on that. All in. So then when you don't have that same capacity because you have children, you can't do an all-in job. And so, therefore, you're not suited in their terms. You're not suited to that world. I can never understand their motivation entirely. And I think a lot of it comes from ignorance of what mothers are capable of. But it was definitely the experience where I was eased out of one role under spurious concepts (laughs) to Mm. be safe in, uh, you know, legalese. And in another, it was a workplace's policy to make people work to a a relatively short contract, even in very senior positions. And that contract just happened to end when I was on maternity leave, which was convenient because then they could bring in someone who did not have the challenges of childcare or other needs like that. So it was easier for the employer. So they have it set up, basically, that they can <laughs> yes, move they you can along. Yes, they legally and very easily move you right along. Yeah, and I think it's, you're not on your own there. Like, no. we have this conversation with every second person that comes into the hub, um, that it's happening. And then some people really still in that place. We'll talk about how you moved from there and you moved life forward. Mm. But... It's a massive piece of trauma, shock, um, a lot of grieving that needs to be done for the career and also for the person who you were, right? Because you, that person's no longer because you've got all of these other things happening in life. I think what was one positive in the whole episode was taking away the, the good bits of that time and the bits that were truly me and just carrying on with them. So I worked mainly in fashion towards the end of my career. I started in music. Just recently, being a garden designer now, just recently a parent of a child at school asked for some advice for their daughter. And I said, I don't do that anymore. She said, yes, but it's in you like a stick of rock. (laughs) So I thought that was a really nice thing to say. It's hard to see that when you're in the woods, right? It's... It's really difficult to think, well, any of the skills that you have and what you do with them and and how you bring those forward. Uh, Will you tell us about that, how you did that? Yes. So I finally ended up in a role where I was partly responsible for a creative director as well as being in control of content. And uh, I then, that contract ended and I looked for the next thing and it was a creative director role. Whereas I had the creative director report to me, I thought, surely... All these years of being responsible for that would be enough to qualify me. But I was rejected and I thought, do you know what? I can do this. I have been the head of all the social media, all of the content, all of the visuals, photography. I'm going to take that on into my own business and be the creative director of my own world. So that was just one of the many, many skills that I thought were highly transferable. And I think if you are thinking of making a career change or setting up your own business. Or being, sorry, being forced into making or a career being change. Or being forced. the discussions that I'm having is that people cannot, they've had children and they can't 
get back into a thing. Having your hand forced, even if you thought it was maybe a nice idea, suddenly having your hand forced. Take those attributes, look at the positives that you've gained and see how you can bring them across to your new career because I will tell you there will be absolutely loads of things that you can do for yourself, for your new business that you will have developed over your career. Because you, it's starting small, it's just starting with one little thing. How did you start? Did you just say, right, I am now this? So what happened was... <laughs> have I got any friends that will <laughs> yeah. buy my time? for? Yeah. yeah. So I was in my front garden, which I am lucky to have, and I worked very hard to have here in London. And someone walking past asked, are you a garden designer? And I thought, <laughs> do you know what? Sure. Yes, I yeah, yeah, I am. Yes, I am a garden designer and I'm going to put a qualification behind that. So that's what I did. I knew there was business potential. I already had the style vision uh, from my background in fashion. I just spent three years qualifying so I put in a lot of hard yards and I came out at the end with them what are the equivalent here in the UK of a BTEC that you can actually do at the end of school yeah that's right so in that time did you do anybody's garden I did my own I started working with landscapers I learned from them when you said you started back and you were like in employing there, them. Your, no, employing them employing to them. do yeah my projects on my own property, watching how they worked, understanding what was good and bad, listening to their processes. And I still work with some of those landscapers now that I'm qualified. So that is how I got started. I then have some very kind friends that did let me do their gardens. And that was really brilliant because I could spend time on them, focus on getting them the best solutions and those projects then led on to working for not friends which is an interesting area in itself when you then you're into business aren't you real business and you're having to yeah and in, in part the friends give you the confidence to think I can do this yep. and for other people yeah I remember that I remember starting out <laughs> like loads of amazing friends yeah allowing me to train them in parks and just yeah. get into the nitty gritty right and figure it out and build confidence and now you're flying how many years into it sorry are you I am not that many years into it I mean I do say that I've been doing gardens since I was a child which is true <laughs> but I have been doing it for five years and very busily for other people for two to three years you've put in the thousands of hours but they've just yeah. been spread out since childhood and what does it look like now? So you are you able to do the school runs, be present with your kids, run your own business? Where's yeah. all that at now? I am doing that. That is the picture. I am doing the school runs because I choose to and I can structure my work around the school hours and I can be off on a site on the other side of London and back in time. I have a network of landscapers that implement the designs that I do. I have great clients that I pick carefully they pick me carefully and I give them the opportunity to really see what I can offer them uniquely and it's working well in terms of that all-important balance they say do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life or the flip is do what you love and you're working constantly <laughs> because you are always thinking of it yeah. 
And in a way, though, that's a joy. So we do a lot of outings as a family to gardens and we always have done. So I am constantly thinking of ways to improve, constantly noticing things that work in gardens that we visit. A creative brain is always on. I've seen on your car, you've got two stickers. Is it a National Trust sticker and Heritage? We rinse those memberships. Yeah. They see us coming. Them again. What's she doing? Taking photos of our flowers. And the children and those visits to gardens, like Sissinghurst, like Great Dixter, gave me the chance to change career. I do think if I wanted to change the career into something, I don't know, let's say nightclub management, the children would not have allowed that to happen. But I can take them on garden visits and I can involve them. And you were, were you doing this when they were babies? Is that what yeah. you did? Were you out? You needed to be out in the gardens and in the woods yeah. and in the yeah. forest? I put my so. baby at nine months into childcare one day a week with the most salt of the earth, best nursery near us. And they were like a second family and we still visit them, even though the kids are in school. And they had her that one day while I went to college and then I fitted the study and drawings and um, the visits in around that. Those kids have well visited to the RHS and the National Trust. <laughs> Tell us then about your um, fitness, because you've got a background in fitness. You've got a brother who runs a... I have a brother in Australia who runs a gym, yeah. who runs a couple of gyms. Another brother who's an athlete and a sports scientist, uh, AFL movement, and a sister who's a great runner. Another sister who <laughs> loves the personal training and a brother who's a rock climber. Don't ask. Hold on, how many of you Don't are ask. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was just one brother with a gym in Australia. But Don't ask. No. I have a lot of siblings. You've just said six there, I think. I've got a lot of siblings because of my family being divorced when I was young. So I gained, it was amazing. I gained four siblings really early in my life, which is an amazing thing because you have all these different imports and influences. So we have a lot of cricket in our family, a lot of football. It's a very Australian. Yeah, very Australian. Very Australian. Australians so, know how to do sport, right? Well, that is the truth. So my son comes home from school and I can practice rugby, netball, football, get the Sharon out, which is the Australian rules football, yeah. kick the football, throw a rugby ball, yeah. play tennis. And I would feel slightly un-Australian if I couldn't do all that stuff. Well, that was my next question. How, is, how important is that in it's your life? It's very important to me. Cricket especially. We all in my family love cricket. My husband's from Yorkshire as well. So okay. this is uh, a big thing. Did you meet your husband here? I did. Yes, like a, every other young Australian. Came for two years. It's like the Irish going to Australia. <laughs> like the, and then they realise the sun shines, right? Yeah, get out of the pubs and actually... Yeah, so good. there's a lot of fitness in my family. Um, my mum, who is 72 this year, she does her deadlifts. Yeah, so you were saying you bought your mum a, like a bar. Olympic training Olympic bar. Olympic training bar. She was a young athlete as well. That was important to her uh, when she was young. Does she just like... Ha does she have like a couple of set exercises that she every does. day she, she does at home? She to her physio and she, she does has her physio osteoporosis stuff. and her hip strength exercises. 
What age is she? 72 this year? So it is, it's a big part of the whole nexus of health in our family. Eating well, taking care of your gut microbiome, taking care of your mental health and exercising is huge. I try not to make it too serious for everyone. It's It can be fun. Do you follow sport as well? Are you like avid followers of a particular team or anything? Do you know, we're not like football team followers, yeah. but we are cricket team followers. T- cricket, okay. That said, I'm just very glad for anyone that can get involved in movement yeah. in any way. I was never personally one for team sports when I was growing up because of the logistics of our lives although I did play lacrosse. I was very much interested in individual pursuits, like my brother Lachlan is. He is the rock climber. So that's very much, although you often rely on other people for safety, mm-hmm. it's an individual pursuit. And that, I think, is why I really love heavy weightlifting, because that's individual as well. Tell us about your weightlifting. Love it. Love lifting heavy weights. I am at the hub because I had improved my strength after my children. Mm which, by the way, was completely shattered, diabolically so. I am here because I rebuilt my strength and I wanted to get heavier and heavier in my lifting. And you have the individual pods. You have the trainers who understand female physiology and you allow people to pursue their strength level to the level that they want to. And for me, that is progressing my deadlifts, squats and bench because I like powerlifting. And I just uh, do it within a sensible range and get heavier, you know, most months. You were saying something earlier and you said it there because you said, for me, this is what I want to do and I want to lift heavy in those three areas. Amongst others, I'm sure you enjoy lifting heavy when you're given the challenge. But you're saying that even within the group and within the hub, you've got people who are potentially there to get their movement in once or twice a week and that's okay for them. They don't necessarily want to lift like super, super heavy. I think the great thing about being in a group of four in the hub is that you can be alongside someone who's new and just getting into movement. You can be alongside someone who deadlifts 125 kilos and you can be with someone who's great at one exercise, not so good at the other, and someone who was just trying to increase their load. And everyone's experience is valid and embraced. And I find that those four people, as well as the trainer, are all very supportive of each other in whatever you're doing. Sometimes you'll even walk, have a chat to someone who usually does a like a heavy pull or a heavy lift. And that day they just needed to move. And that's all okay. I find that lifting and working out is very yogic in the sense that you can only do what you can do on the day and it is internal and it isn't about comparing yourself to what other people are doing. And in fact, that's detrimental if you were doing that. So being able to focus on what the thing that I want to achieve, having that embraced is really important. The pod is there. I've got all my weights right there. 
No one's coming and resetting them in between a rep um, because they're set for me and everyone has that. So I might have 70 on the bar. Someone else has got 15. I'm not ruining that for her. She's not taking my weights off. And that's brilliant. The setup is the rig is brilliant and I think just that like going back to that level of respect those different individuals in the room like the yeah potential parent that has a child that hasn't slept all night but she's still managed to turn up to the session just to move there's somebody else that's lifting a 15 but looking at you going oh my god that is a fantastic thing to achieve but also you'll get there if you want to yeah yeah yeah. And maybe tomorrow I'll be doing 15 because I overdid it the day before. Yeah. And that's okay too. And I think and I hope as a woman you realise, and I would like to think that men can realise this too, is that women's physiology has been through a lot in a lifetime and goes through a lot every month. You can't judge from your position what someone else has been through and is going through. When I see older people than me at the gym, I just think that is so great. If you have had children, you've got grandchildren and you're still here lifting weights. Good for you. Keep that bone strength. How hard is it or have you just made a point within family life and work like prioritising that, get saying, I am leaving for however long it takes you to get here and come home, but also the 60 minutes that you're here. Oh, so for me personally, I go once they're at school and I take it out of basically my working day. I work from home, so I'm not taking big lunch breaks. But when I was in the office in London, people would go and do their gym workout, their lunch break. It's the same thing for me. I can do it before school, but then I have to come back and deal with the children. So <laughs> my day is has clear it always, now. Has it always been a priority that you fit this into your week? It's a priority what? for my family because mm. if I'm not strong, the core of the family is not strong. So it is important for them that I spend time building my strengths because after the children, there were times when I could barely move with a lower back in spasm and um, appointments at the osteopath and the hospital physio that limited what the family could then do. I'm very well supported to pursue my strengths. But it's positioning as well. You've positioned the importance of that from when there were babies, right? I think that's... Yeah, I'm strong uh, mummy in the house. Yeah. That's my name. Strong mummy, is it? It's good, isn't it? cool. Yeah, and I like to think that that demonstrates to both of them that they can do anything with their body. They can build their strengths, pursue their sports, Mm -hmm. uh, their martial arts. And also that it's not something that we can just do anymore, that we have to be quite purposeful about it. Because in life, we were talking earlier about having little weights at home and, and how life is set up for less movement, less lifting and pushing and pulling heavy things when actually buy it something really heavy, <laughs> having really heavy kettlebells or dumbbells at home. So at least you have to move them. Yes. The idea of the little weights is an interesting one. And if you have children or are around children, you very quickly realise you're lifting 20 kilos, 15 kilos here and there. And it's an unruly 20 kilos. <laughs> it's not a straight, clean deadlift. Yeah. And you've so got, they've by, grown like... We, Week on week, month on month, month, year on year, they grow heavier, you grow stronger. buy a 20 kilo weight. You're already doing it. Keep those fives, I say, for the deltoids. But yeah, you can lift heavier. I don't know if there's an organised pressure on women to not lift heavy weights, but I think just try lifting something heavier. Mm. 
It's the bare minimum as we go into perimenopause and menopause. I'm not doing anything exceptional. You, you should be, I should probably be doing it more. It's for the bone strength and hormone management that we all need to do. Yeah, lift stuff. Strengthens your muscles and bones, doesn't it? And it helps your brain. It's essential. I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were talking about going to the gym and then being shown all the cardio machines even after a conversation with the person in the gym that actually I want to lift heavy and I want to Not be at strong. the hub though, right? No, but <laughs> the point I was saying to this person, I was like... You almost need to be strong before you even run. Because if we go out and we run or we get on a cardio machine, if you have a base level of strength that you can use your core, you can breathe while you're moving, you feel strong in your legs when you're walking upstairs, that's when you'll get more out of those machines or a walk or a run outside, right? And there's just not to miss that out. Don't miss out on it. My mum was saying after doing her deadlifts. By the way, deadlifts... We have to explain. Sorry. Deadlift is literally picking something off the floor. Yeah. She feels she can pick her grandchildren up better now. And that is the natural movement of a deadlift, is picking a heavy thing off the floor using the levers of your back and legs. And that is what we do all day long. I often joke in class with Julie. This is just like picking up Lego, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Without fear. I think that like quite often as we age, there is this fear that we're we're setting or, or, or I don't know, like we're getting older. So you need to lift lighter when actually a little bit like your mom. It's like you need to stay lifting the same through pregnancy, through those times when other people feel you're vulnerable yeah because you'll be less vulnerable right yes and i mean if you've been pregnant and had a three-year-old on the other arm you'll realize you still have to lift so just keep at it and then hopefully it's an insurance policy for falls and strength into old age this is how i see it as well as an insurance policy definitely i say to people we're going to be you know in 10 20 years time we're going to have lots of places like photology hub or photology hubs um, with women in their 60s and 70s lifting wait we already have lots of women in their 60s but it's that 70s and into 80s is what we if in the future we could have a photology hub in every neighborhood where women are encouraged to lift in a welcoming safe environment to protect against those inevitable bone health and muscular health declines that would just be great we've got to make that happen come on now designer (laughs) okay mel thank you so much that was lovely absolute pleasure reclaiming yourself the podcast brought to you with phytologyhub.com if you enjoyed the conversations please use your podcast app to follow or subscribe for free